0: Gig Gab, episode eighty four for Monday, October third, two (music) thousand sixteen. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Gig Gab, the show. Five, four, and about working musicians here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton.
1: Here in Los Gatos, California, it's Paul Kent.
0: How goes it, Paul?
1: I got a lot of stuff going on, Dave. We played a lot this weekend. I lost a gig this weekend. Ooh, that sucks. Yeah. Real quick, I want to get your feedback on this. So one of my acoustic gigs um, decided that they weren't making enough money on acoustic nights, and they canceled all remaining gigs uh, they gave me two weeks notice. They gave my buddy Johnny two days notice. Yep. Um, I asked Johnny, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to, I said, I'm going to, you know, say fairly standard practice that you guys compensate if you're going to cancel on short notice. Cause I can't rebook that date. Johnny said he would, but I don't, I don't think he's, he followed up on it, but, um, but I did. So, um, I, I called the general manager and, uh, she said, oh, you know, let me talk to the owner. And then she the time when she said you get back to me, she didn't get back to me. So I sent her a follow up note and said, hey, you know, just reiterating that, you know, it's general industry practice to keep goodwill that, um, you know, if you cancel on short notice and musicians can't replace a date that you compensate in some way. I'm open to some negotiation, you know, that's that's fair to both of us. I get a note from the new owner that was basically pretty lame. That said, you know, we just bought the place, and all those music relationships were you know the previous owner. And I haven't responded with the, you know, did you take on the other debts when yeah. you bought the place conversation. But you know, the well, and they may not
0: ahead. have right. I mean, they may have only done an asset purchase. So you're he didn't
1: offer he didn't offer
0: that. Well, he didn't say yeah. well after the old owner, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right.
1: But but you know, even at that, you know. He has, I did share, you know, I'm fairly active in the local music community. And, you know, it's in general, it's a sense of goodwill if you honor short-term commitments um, and uh, nothing. So I don't think anything's going to come of it. So right. how far would you go? Like, would you make a Facebook post and saying, you know, venue X screwed me? Or would you leave it alone and just say, oh, here we go again? I feel my dander's kind of up about it. But just real quick, what
0: would you do? Um. So th- there, there's a couple things here because two weeks – I feel like is um, more than enough time. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I it, think a month. Yeah, I mean, I can I and I could see that, you know, less than a week. That's that's really difficult, it, it, you know, especially and I know you and I uh, are fortunate enough that we don't have to rely on our music income as as part of like what we use to pay our mortgages but there are plenty of musicians yes. out there that do that so you know less than a week yeah more than and that's really kind of where my number is is if it's more than a week you know i i i i would i would let it go would i be happy about it if it was 2 weeks uh, no, I, I would, but I wouldn't be happy about it if it was a month. It's like, wait a minute, you know, maybe I've already started doing some promotion for this. Uh, you know, we've sure. got we've got a thing where we booked a gig for December, uh, a, another one of our fling fests at at Stone Church, and we booked it for December third, and you know, seven to ten, which is what we always do, and we booked it directly with the the woman who manages the Stone Church, and then just this week or last week, I guess, we got a note from the manager there saying, hey. Uh, or, or not the manager, a booking agent, separate, you know, like contracted booking agent, saying, Hey, yeah. we need to, we need to move your show to January. I was like, Oh, uh, why? You know, when we already started, I mean, it's, it's a couple months away, but we've already started. She's like, we either need to move it to January. Or we need to move it to the fifth to the, you know, uh, five to eight that day instead of seven to 10. It's like, hmm. huh? I don't really like that. Yeah. That's it's not our deal. That's not, that's not the deal. Like why, why, why? And I know what happened, right? The booking agent was working on one thing. The woman who runs the place was obviously working directly with us. And it'll be curious. So I, what I did in in this scenario is I just emailed everybody and I said, I don't know how I feel about five to eight. We've all club and us included had seven to 10, like a lot of history with that, a lot of good experience. I feel like you know, put, pushing that earlier isn't necessarily going to be a good thing for any of us. What do you all think? And yeah. uh, and I'm waiting to see. But I mean, it's a little different, but it's kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, we honor our commitments, right? Absolutely. And and if I were to call and cancel a gig, and to be fair, I did. We did cancel one gig at the Stone Church um, a couple of years ago. Because of some, and we gave him plenty of notice, but it was like, look, this. We don't think there's it's going to be a good night. There were plenty of other things going on in town that were going to sort of draw things away. We're like, you know, I, I don't think this is the right night for this, and and they agreed, and so we we decided to cancel. But um, but you know, th- those are few and far between those kinds of things because word gets around. So so that's where that's where I would sort of temper any um you know public outcry is word will get around about the club but does word get around about you and mm. and and what is that word? It's smart yeah, yeah and, i got to is okay i mean it depends on how much sympathy you think you can you can drum up right
1: well you know my first inclination i, I hope you can empathize with this is to get my money out of the situation, right? Sure, like, sure, you know, and that's vengeance, and that's kind of stupid. But no, I do, but, feel I, but I get, I'll but get it's t- a,
0: it's a valid thing because you felt it, right? It right. doesn't mean it's the right path, but it is valid. You felt it, yeah.
1: Uh, I, you know, I do think in us doing this show, um, you know, we're talking about advocating for musicians and you know what what is right and what is fair, and why do musicians have to take it in the pants when this thing happens? So, you know, you. You think two weeks is fair. I think 30 days is fair. I mean, I guess everybody has their their sliding scales to what's yeah. fair. In, in reality, none of it's fair.
0: Right. No, I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, there's a the difference between when do I expect at, at what at what point it's, of cancellation do I expect like to be paid versus at what point am I just going to be pissed? And frankly, once the date's locked in, I'm going to be pissed if it's canceled.
1: So here's the deal. You know, it's uncomfortable. Nobody does it. Should everybody do it? Yes. But should you have a contract for every gig you take?
0: You should. I mean, you, nope. yes, but, but, you know, <laughs> let, let's, let's dig a little deeper because we're these kinds of guys. Uh, what is a contract, right? It, does it need to be a fully written thing uh, where everybody signs? And and yes, that is legally considered a contract, but you know what? An email trail back and forth with performance by both sides of the equation is also considered a contract. Legally. We're
1: saying the same thing. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, most of the times, a lot of these gigs are verbal. Hey, you want to play? I'll pay you this and that type of thing. Yeah. It does make sense, you know, just to protect your business, you know, your, protect your time because it is your time. Yeah. Um, you know, that you have an agreement and include, you know, here's the urging include conditions for cancellation. Cancellations yeah. do happen. They, right. But let's make it a a agreed to set of situations where cancellations happen, not a unilateral situation.
0: Yeah, like I have a bunch of outdoor gigs that we do in the summer here and the cancellation policy for those, the weather related cancellation policy for those is usually 3 p.m. is the the number 3 p.m. day of the gig. The club will make a call. And if you don't hear from them, assume that the gig is on. But if you do hear from them and they tell you it's canceled, they don't owe you anything. But again, this is decided when the gig is booked, this is made clear. There's, you know, the, the, everybody's on the same page. 3 p.m. If you haven't heard from them, pack up your stuff, go to the gig. If you get to the gig and when you get there, they say, sorry, weather canceled. They owe you half. Mm-hmm. As long as they tell you that before you set everything up. Right. If you start setting up and at any point after you start setting up, whether you've played a note or not, if they say, sorry, weather canceled. They pay you the the full rate. And I've experienced all of those permutations at uh, there's a few clubs that basically have adopted the same kind of uh, policy. But again, this is this is the point of a contract. It's all spelled out well in advance. Everybody's on the same page and it's fine. No, no worries. Like, okay, you know, yeah. But but, you know, and maybe that's why I'm more sensitive to, you know, maybe like a week versus a month. I don't know. But it sucks. It doesn't it doesn't matter when it is. It sucks, and I'm always pissed when some, when something like this happens. It's like, come on, you know, we worked it all out. And part of it is my schedule is always so crazy that, like, carving out a date for something, especially an important gig. All gigs are important. Some are more than than others, as we all know. And carving out a date like that, and then having it kind of the rug pulled out from under you. It's like, oh, dude, you know. <sighs> And this has happened before for us at the, at the Stone Church with the same kind of thing. So that's a little bit. It's just, it's, it's because, it's because we've had a relationship there for a long time. And so we don't deal with the booking agent is, is really the problem. And I think there's a little bit of, you know, communication breakdown there. That's just how it goes. I don't know. It's fine. They're all good people. Everybody's trying to do the right thing, but it's hard, you know, when my perception of the right thing, it might be not in sync. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so my final, my final yeah. thought on this is, um, I I want to encourage listeners, musicians, to stand up for themselves in these types of situations. Um, you know, if you're going to go as far as having some kind of a contract, but the premise is the same, and, and it's very closely related to the issue with with people who take free gigs for exposure that type of thing it's like what is the value of your craft and if you insist on it you will help move the bar forward if you insist that there's a value and insist in defending that value and and pursuing people who want to denigrate that value um, it will help everybody um, along the way you will create a professional music scene not a semi-professional music scene or an amateur music scene in your town and so that's you know my last little plea here is if my little pain here was enough for me to come on come on this podcast and you know say hey everybody don't take that type of stuff cover yourself better would be one thing but even if you don't cover yourself better you need to at least set the expectation with people who do this type of thing that that's not cool that's not what professionals do to other professionals um and uh, and you know kind of defend defend your pro- your profession, whenever possible.
0: Well, and 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 use these kinds of things as a as an opportunity too, right? You, you know, you've got this cancellation, so now you have the ear of the owner, right? And in, in some way, shape, or form, and you might, by offering to, you know, sort of drop the drop the charges, as it were, mm-hmm. you you might be able to to get some goodwill and get this person to trust you, right, and say, hey, look, you, you know, I get it, you're new here. Take some time, figure out what you're going to do. Give me a call when, you know, or or even maybe not give me a call. Why don't we talk in like three months when you're starting to think about, you know, what's going on? You've got a feel for what your costs are and all that stuff. Music has worked well at this venue in the past. And I but I have some ideas that the previous owners didn't do that. You might be able to do right and allow them to make this thing their own. And you might be able to have some control over, you know, how that gig kind of comes back uh, down the road.
1: And so this is funny for me to hear you say that cuz knowing you as I do, you're a pretty aggressive guy. <laughs> yeah. And would you really take that tact and kind of counsel somebody back to health
0: like that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, it's but you know, but think about it. I've been running a sales business for 19 years, right? You know, this is classic sales. When somebody screws something up, I always see that as an opportunity, including when that somebody is me, right? But you know, it it can what I want with anybody that I have to deal with is a deep trusting relationship, right? And when there's somebody new, be it a new owner of a club or a new person managing the the buying for whatever ad that they're going to buy from from us in our other business, that sucks cuz I don't have a you know, a deep relationship with this person. So when either one of us screws up, it's an opportunity to turn that into okay, Now we've, we've exposed more to the other person than we wanted to, right? Because, because we screwed up. That's, there's always a shield up, right? So now the shield's down. Now we have an opportunity. We can try and poke a sword through the shield or Mm. we can, you know, we can hug. And, and now we trust each other a lot faster than we would if we just had sort of a normal business relationship that developed slowly over time. So yeah. So there is that opportunity too, but the, the person on the other end has to be receptive to it. Of course, Your approach can can alter how receptive they're going to be, but but it's even even the nicest approach sometimes just doesn't work, and then you just got to say, all right, screw it. Right, I need a hug. I need a hug. Yeah, well, I'll give you a hug. (laughs) I can't give you a hug right now though, because uh, I have. So on Friday night we had bitter pill rehearsal. Uh, which is better? Pill is the the crazy musical that 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 uh, has me anxious and all that stuff. I, I'm I'm far less anxious uh, now that we had a band rehearsal and man, it, I mean like the music really came together nicely. So I'm really stoked about that. Tech week for that begins a week from today, and then the first show is actually a week from Thursday. So what better way to prep for Tech Week of that than today to start Tech Week and uh, a five night run of. Uh, a a completely different musical bloody bloody andrew jackson uh here at unh so i've got tech week times two right back to back in fact i'll probably load my drums out on sunday and bring them right to the theater for the second musical (laughs) it's a little crazy but it should be fun it's a rock musical both of them are rock musicals so uh and i'm on stage for actually for both of them that's Uh, cool what do you gotta wear um (laughs) it's funny you say that they i got an email from the costumer for the musical for you know that opens Wednesday we, we got dress rehearsals tonight and tomorrow. They said um you know you're a rock band. Sort of the idea of the musical of, of Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson is that there's a rock concert and a musical breaks out. And it's no. kind of it's kind of like Hamilton meets Green Day's American Idiot sort of thing. It's it's that cool sort premise. of Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I, I think it existed before either one of those musicals did. It, it's actually quite old, but uh but it's good. And uh so they said, you know, you're a rock band. So um, we'll provide shirts. It's either going to be like some kind of button down or a, a t-shirt. Uh, they said, we need you to wear dark jeans and like black shoes, but not dress shoes, like rock and roll boots or whatever. And so I replied and I gave him my shirt size. I said, dark jeans are no problem. And I said, but you know, uh, I'll be playing the drums. So therefore I won't be wearing any shoes whatsoever <laughs> uh, because I don't wear the shoes when I play the drums. And they, uh, and I said, so, but I can wear black socks if you want, you know, it's to blend in. Or if you want it to look like a rock gig, I can go barefoot, and they brought me back immediately. They're like, "Barefoot, it is." I'm like, oh, sweet, okay. So we're all it's on the funny. same page. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it should be fun. Boom.
1: It's gonna all be right, loud. Well, good. Well, good luck with that. We'll get it. We'll get another report next week, right?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm a little worried. I set up my drums earlier this morning and ran into the the guy running sound, and they are not miking any of the drums, but they're miking every other instrument. And this is like an, you know a 800 seat like proscenium style theater and I've done gigs and sound in there before. And I think at least not miking the kick drum for, especially for a rock show is a huge mistake. So, um, uh, I mentioned it, you know, I said, mm-hmm. look, it's your, your gig, but I know this room, uh, you might want to put a mic on the kick drum. So we'll see how dress rehearsal goes tonight. I, I trust them to figure it out. You know, I'll do my cool. part. They do theirs. It's all good. <clears throat> so it should be fun. should be interesting. Good. Yeah.
1: So what you I have got a big gig on? coming up. I yeah. got a big, yeah. So we, we uh, you know, I lost that gig in my town, that regular club date we had. Right. And there's not really a great alternate place for us to do our, you know, and the, the reason that gig is so important is because it keeps us working monthly and keeps us in front of people all winter long in this kind of local market. It's like the one place. So um, so I had to figure out what to do about it. So the next club that would might work for us is about twenty minutes away, um, but it's over the hill towards Santa Cruz. Like you, 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 and I have driven that hill together. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it's a little bit like a whole other part of area. Like I don't know if people would, it, they, that it's, road. It's one of
0: those hills nobody wants to drive after having a especially drink or two at a club. Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. So you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about my approach to marketing that gig. You know, the assumptions that I made, the club. Uh, we get eighty percent of ticket sales. I willingly signed up for this. Um, great sound system. We don't got to provide sound. Big room. Three hundred is out of the park. Two hundred is a really good night. Both for the club and for our payday. One yep. hundred twenty five ish is about baseline pass fail. All right.
0: Okay. Fair. Yep. You've got. You know your metrics. You know what you're doing. Yep.
1: Got it. So. Um, we play in Santa Cruz several times a year. We go over really well there. We have some connections, both from those gigs and marketing. While we're at those gigs, you know, giving out cards, you know, getting to know people. Um, the people who have booked us for some of the repeat gigs are now, you know, advocates for us and are willing to spread the word for us. So we have. It's not a total cold thing, but my reflection on this is two things, and and I thought it'd be really interesting with you because one of the tacks that I'm taking to get this gig full. And again, the, you know, the goal is to do at least 200 because that'll get us repeat business there, which is one of the goals and also to make our, make our money. So um, we're exploring using Facebook advertising, which we've done in the past, but you know, a long time ago. And so the concept of advertising with your background and expertise and understanding of that, I thought it'd be particularly interesting, but um, let me just kind of talk about it. So um, here's my reflections Um, as a cover band there's a couple things that I don't think work. As I've said many times in the show, asking people to support live music or support the band is a difficult premise. I think to to uh, to achieve the number goals we want. Um, so this this reflection that in our messaging it has to be about. The prospective attendee of this event, the yeah. prospective customer what 's in it for them is you know kind of leading my headspace, you know a great night out dancing, you know first a little bit new music in your area type of thing. you know I have been saying it 's the house rockers' debut at a club, and we 're excited for it, a little bit to our existing audience, you know that 's sure you know that, but i don 't think that it 's our debut. there's a small number of hardcore people that want to support us. And again, like I've said, I never go out and ask, please support live music or please support the band. I feel you earn that support and then you thank people for it, sure. but you don't ask for it. That's just my own kind of personal line where those things are. Fair Second enough. thing is it's a numbers game and the reality that it's a numbers game and knowing how many people we can draw, how many people we can draw cold you know, how many people from this area will drive over the hill that 20 minutes and to make a very realistic expectation of that how many people are network over in the area of the club will draw and be realistic of that. And it doesn't add up to 300. That, that would be extraordinary if it did. It definitely doesn't add up to 300. So, You you got to draw some people in. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we, uh, the club is pretty good. You know, we're on all the calendars. I don't think, you know, being on calendars really does anything except create another tick of awareness.
0: It, It does. It builds right. When somebody sees your Facebook ad or the, the thing at, you know, the, the poster at the club or even a poster on the street or, you know, whatever's appropriate for the gig and maybe even something that's, you know, borderline, uh, just making sure you get in front of people. All those touch points matter, right? Because
1: that's the first point, right? So it's it's that there is no magic pill in any kind of marketing or it's not like do this and, you know, you will make this amount of money. Marketing is about um, multiple impressions on people's minds, right? It, it, whether it's constancy or a message that you want people to get, it's number of touches that you want that, in my opinion, what's, is what's going on. Yeah, because so people want to talk- say, oh, I've heard of the
0: house rockers before. Right. Well, the only reason you've heard of them is because they put a poster here and they put a poster there and they put a Facebook ad here. And, they, you know, it's like, yes, this stuff, we uh, we we have a general tendency to say we hate advertising And that, and that may well be true, but it works, and it has always worked, and it will always work until humans stop being humans.
1: There we go. So I want to dig into that a little bit. Let me just kind of give real. Brief what my approach has been. Yeah. So, um, you know, we have a mail list and I've done so far. I did a like save the date, you know, a couple months ago and a little bit about, you know, that it's a big gig for us. And then I did, a you know, we're looking forward. The band is preparing some new material, pulling out some great old things. You know, that was maybe a month ago. And now we're uh, two weeks ago is when I kind of considered it. And that's another thing here is that I thought it was unlikely that we're going to change anybody's plans the reality of this right. is that, that, you know, the, the core, a very small core of people will have calendared this and planned to go or bought advanced tickets. Tickets are on sale in advance. But most likely people are going to wake up Tuesday or Wednesday. What are we doing this weekend? And then, you know, that's overwhelmingly what people's decisions is going to be. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah. And you and 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 that's really smart to be aware of. Right. Because you want to do some advanced marketing so that you've got enough of those touch points so that the marketing you do basically wednesday through whatever day the gig is friday or saturday will actually draw people in if that's the first time they've heard from you chances are they're not going to wake up and decide let's go great i'm glad you agree yeah well it's just i mean it's how it works (laughs) so so
1: some emails you know we printed some posters That we handed out at some gigs. And again, not a great job of handing out. I don't have somebody who will walk an audience, and and I should have just hired somebody, but I didn't. But I had them, and I announced the gigs and said, We have some flyers up here if you want to put it on your refrigerator. So, you know, we did that. The club does most of the calendaring. I filled in a couple places where they didn't, and that's, you know, been over the course of a month. Um, The club also has a volunteer who will paper in the area. So I printed up some posters, and there's some posters out there. Email continues. I personally Facebook messaged or or um, emailed personal emails one to one people like like again people who have hired us for gigs. So we played a gig for the um, for the Scotts Valley Kiwanis as a fundraising type of thing, and the band plays for that. And I asked that person, "Can you please let the other Kiwanis know that type of thing?" So personal one to one, where I felt you know that I had a relationship that could that could um, support that and getting that out. And then, so email, personal personal emails, mass emails, papering, um, you know, it's been on our Facebook calendar and on, our, on our, our webpage calendar, making sure it's on other public website calendars, that type of thing. I reached out to a couple of the local publications to see if I can get any kind of feature done. That's probably the most effective thing, but I couldn't make that happen. And then finally, there's this going for mass, you know, mass touch, playing the numbers game. I first spent 50 bucks in Facebook advertising for the, to publicize the event. So I created a Facebook event and spent 50 bucks to publicize that event. Um, and I started that about two weeks ago. Okay. And now this week I just doubled that and, uh, and put more money into it. So a hundred bucks. Um, and again, at 10 bucks a ticket, that's 10 people would have to do to just draw even, but I'm hoping that it'll help the awareness even more than that. So it says it's going to reach about 8,000 people total.
0: Yeah. So here here's the thing. Um, First of all, I want to reiterate something you said or highlight something you said, because I think it is the most effective way to do it is those personal emails or messages, whether it's a text or a Facebook message or an email. But something one to one from you to another person personally inviting them to this gig. There's nothing better than that. I don't think other than, you know, maybe, you know, you get a guy with a baseball bat that wants to walk him to the door, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. But uh, but short of that, I really think that personal invitation and it's hard to do, especially if you're not used to doing it. It gets easier. But, you know, marketing your own gigs and, and, uh, you know, it's not begging people. It's inviting people. And there's a difference. And and you can do it in a very tactful way. Way, But it's, yes, a little bit aggressive to invite someone to something. And yes, it's possible you'll invite them and they'll be the only people there and it'll be a great big failure. And you know what? You just got to kind of accept that before you invite the first person and then you invite everybody you can possibly think of. Um, It will get easier. That first person is the hardest. So uh, I want to make sure everybody knows to do that. Targeted Facebook ads. This is where it really the, the difference between success and failure on Facebook is, in my opinion, is their ability to target. And you want to make sure you're targeting exactly the right people. Facebook wants you to target the right people too, right? They want your ads to be successful because they want you to spend more money with them. But sometimes their suggestions about what to target cast too wide a net. I've found that getting as detailed and narrow as possible is the best way to get people to show up. And it might only... Target, you know, I mean, you've got it down to 8,000. That's actually a pretty small number considering all the people in the world that use Facebook. So that that's pretty good.
1: Well, let me talk about my targeting then. So yeah, okay, yeah, the club is called Don Quixote's. It's in Felton, California. So first I geographically targeted it 50 miles around Felton, California. Okay. Right? It doesn't let you do 50 miles in one direction because, again, I, we have this hill that's kind of this right. almost philosophical barrier as to where people will drive from or not. But, but that said, 50 miles around. And then you're allowed to put some tags. And uh, the tagging process is cumbersome. So I put uh, – you put music, right? And then it suggests things like soul music, rock music, you know, those types of things. And that seems to be getting a little bit granular, especially for our band. Um, so I, I think the tags that I have are music. Dancing, nightlife, and I might have I might have done funk or rock music or something like that. And okay. with those with those targeting tools, I get eight thousand people.
0: I would go see. I would go way granular on it. Um, and and the nice part is you can experiment. You don't have to do just one ad, right? I mean, you could you could go spend ten bucks and and experiment with something massively granular. And if it if it works, then you can expand the money you spend. I would go for um, people that have attended Don Quixote's before right people that like their page so presumably they've attended there or they have some interest um and I would pick specific bands uh like three bands that you guys cover oh that's cool yeah and and just target so it's gonna be somebody that's been there before or at least knows of this club that's really cool yeah and, and then, I didn't know
1: oh, wait, wait you can also, target based upon based upon that they visited a venue before.
0: Uh, you can target if they like uh, uh something, and and so it, hopefully the venue is is something that you can target that they like. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and um and you can target specific bands, right? I mean, like I I do this for us here with GigGab. Like when we have a guest on, when we had Jan Hammer on, I I wanted to promote that, right? And and so I went in and I you know I put like I don't know it was like ten or fifteen bucks or something you know small, but I I was like. They were. They Facebook suggested well, you should target: prog rock people, and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, nope, not interested. That's too wide of a net. I want to target people that know Jan Hammer, Mahavishnu Orchestra. Wow, and
1: makes total that, sense. I think
0: that was it because the my feeling is those people are then going to share it with their friends, right? But I want to target people that are going to get. I'm going to get the most resonance out of. For this, and it worked. And you know, one of the people that the ad got in front of, of course, was Neil Sean, right? He's got a pretty decent following, and he shared it because big Jan, big Jan Hammer fan. Doesn't yeah. hurt that Jan said nice things about about him in the interview. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, he said those genuinely. It wasn't like we told Jan, and hey man, you know, it wouldn't hurt. Um, he just did what he did. So, um, that you know, that that hyper targeting. Facebook doesn't guide you down that path or it doesn't often guide you down that path. But I really and I've done it with a lot of things. We do some Facebook ads with Mac Observer and it's the same kind of thing, man. Just go as tight as you can and let that kind of be the the takeoff point. Other people will share your thing. If they're a huge fan of what you're going to do and they're going to go, then they're going to tell their friends.
1: That's really cool. Yeah. All right. Dollar for dollar. Would you spend it on facebook or would you spend it in like a you know you have some equivalent in your area of like the village voice or you know the where more music interested people are going to read not like your general you know business newspaper or something like that but most towns have have a you know kind of an alt newspaper do you have one over there yeah college town i would think you would
0: well there's the college newspaper but like portsmouth has its has like an alt newspaper kind of thing too um yeah, I I think I'd do Facebook because the thing is most of the people that read that alt paper wind up reading it online. So they'll see the ads and all that stuff, but um you know, Facebook is the homepage of the internet for a lot of people. And it's not just the homepage of the internet, it is the primary news source for so many people right now. And and we can again, we could, you know, talk about why that's awful for humanity or, or why it's great for humanity, but it it's irrelevant today between now and the time that your gig happens, that will remain true. Right. So uh, I would, I would just, I would go with that flow. I would stay on Facebook.
1: So that's really cool. So I'm going to, uh, well, here's, would you, would you suggest I edit my existing ad to include that scope or create another ad? And, and I don't know if I'm sophisticated enough to kind of compare the two.
0: Well, you'll see. I mean, what what's the call to action on the ad? I mean, you're looking at shares and likes and and but you, I mean, you've got probably a URL where well, people that, can go. That's a tickets, really, right?
1: um, yeah. I mean, it goes to the Facebook event page, so okay. you know, okay, so, so that's pretty much it. And I'm actually I'm seeing a lot of likes, or not a lot. I'm seeing likes. I'm not seeing a lot of commitments to attend, but I wasn't expecting that. I'm just expecting awareness to be you know raised. Yeah.
0: yeah. So look and see how many like how many likes you get versus how many people are clicking that they're interested in the event, right? I mean, mm-hmm. cuz that's that's the key. Once you've got them interested in the event, then and that's and that's a Facebook term, interested, not just a generic yeah. interest thing. Once they are interested, then anything you post about that event, they'll get notifications for. And that's where you want that, you know, Wednesday to to Friday or Wednesday to Saturday, whatever, you know, week of the gig stuff. That's where that can start to happen because you've got people right there. They've already expressed intent or, you know, mild intent, interest. And and then you can, you know, hopefully turn some percentage of those into people that are just right. walking the door. All right. Vi- Mr. Videos. Ad- Dude, so. so share, But on that event page, share videos, not just like you share videos to your House Rockers page. That's great. Those people aren't necessarily going to be looking at that. Share videos to the event page. Here's us playing this song, you know, over the summer somewhere else kind of thing.
1: Interesting. All right. Last question. So, you know, the problem with the advertising for certain gigs is it's not a very leveraged activity. So right. like is it a hundred bucks? You know, y- usually you advertise something that is, you know, you want repetitive buyers or these types of things. You know, that a hundred bucks that I'm going to spend. Remember, there's three hundred is, is like out of the park. A great I don't expect the advertising is going to drive three hundred. Right. So. There's this weighing of how much you spend for the success that you're expecting to get from it. You know, to what's spend, the, um,
0: what's the, what's the ticket price for this event? 10 bucks, 10 bucks. Okay. So you get eight bucks of that. Um, yeah. So you got to make sure you're not overspending get 12,
1: 12, 13 people in order just to break even for the spending of the ad. That's right. You get some of the residual value that a lot of people have seen your band's name oh, totally. and maybe for something else. So that's, that's good. But in terms of return on investment, how much would you spend, you know, like, you know, would you, would you spend 500 bucks? Right. So now you need, you know, you need 60 people to actually buy a ticket because of the ad. I I have a hard time believing I'd be able to accomplish that. And at what point in time have you, again, cause it's a one-time sale that that residual benefit, you can't really quantify at this time, but You know, it's different than a store that's open 365 days a year doing constant advertising. And if I don't get you today, I'll get you tomorrow. Right. So so I would I would start with
0: I I would if I were like, I mean, it's different where you like you're a little further down the path right now. But I would start with like really hyper targeted and 20 bucks and see and just you got to use that to learn what's going to get to the people that you want to get to. Right. You're not looking for. The, the 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 money like don't spend the big money first right so go and figure out exactly like how to hone your message and then if you find a formula that works and you may not right i mean it, it might just you know be kind of flat and that's that but if you find a formula that works then i would jump from 20 to 100 and if that 100 bucks pays off for you and you get however many people signed up for this thing that you need signed up then i'd i'd spend another 100 and Got Another it. hundred. All right, you know, right. That's how. So I let's do talk it. about what works.
1: Last thought on this. So, you know, I, I the biggest the biggest thing that I had to contribute to this conversation was I'm trying to frame the message as to what's in it for the person attending the event. That's my foundational premise. But when you say it might not work or it might be flat, you know, what are what are your tips? What are your thoughts for? You know, is it that you need a great headline? You need a great picture? You, need, you know, what are the things Facebook ads specifically? What makes an ad, what makes a campaign less likely to be
0: flat than anything else? Yeah, It's hard with Facebook, too, because if you're attaching a picture to it and you should, the picture can only have what 20 percent of it can be words right mm-hmm. so it gets really and it's and even that isn't quite right it's based on like quadrants of the picture and so if if letters overlap it, it's it's insane how you have to like <coughs> tweak your stuff it's crazy just take a look online there's there's people that have sort of figured it out and it, if you can have the same text and if you move it up two pixels to make sure it's not overlapping quadrants then suddenly that text is okay it's just because it's uh-huh. facebook's automated thing and it's trying to make sure that you're not just cramming a bunch of words into a picture um, I would put in the picture, I would put, you know, a picture of you guys because, you, you know, your band shows what you've got. And I would, you know, just have like horns, rock and soul, uh, you know, uh, Stevie Wonder and dance music or something like that. I, I mean, yeah. that, that that's sort of the the vibe I would go with. What, what, what are the four most important things we want somebody to take away? And then you can have some text along with it where you explain a little bit more about who you are. I wouldn't get, you know, I wouldn't write a, a novel, but you know, I would do a paragraph of what they're going to get when they come to this gig.
1: Yeah. Yep. All right, cool. Yeah. So targeting, targeting based on people that are, have a proclivity to, to, to go to this venue, yep. um, other bands of similar, t- that's like the most, biggest revelation you've given me. So uh, uh, other bands that play the same type of music. So for cover bands, that's awesome.
0: And you know, uh, you could do, here's the, here's another way to do it, right? You could do one thing that targets people that like Stevie wonder and pay 10 bucks for that. Right. And say, do you like Stevie wonder? You should come see the house rockers. They play a bunch of Stevie wonder. It's awesome. They're playing in your town, you know, whatever. And then you could do it for, uh, you know, do you like Bruno Mars? Here's this band that plays some Bruno Mars. Tunes. You ain't know, like, like, there's no reason that it all has to be one message, right? I don't. I mean, it depends on. Now we're a lot of complexity we're, there. We're talking about complexity and time, and and yeah, headaches and all that. But I, you know, I I remember seeing a band, and I think it was they. It was um, it wasn't a Steely Dan cover band, but they they were targeting people that liked Steely Dan. And they're like, if you like Steely Dan, you're gonna love our original music. And I haven't seen the ads in a while, but I saw them consistently for three or four months. And I eventually did. I'm like, okay, I'm in, let me check it out. And it was like, oh, this band's not bad. And so I liked their page. And now I follow this band, you know? So it it works um, in terms of just building awareness. Now, you know, in terms of like putting butts in the seats or, you know, feeling Well, you got to have a good
1: product. Party. You have to have it priced right. I mean, there's all these right. other things it's,
0: that have to go a, along yes. with it. And- yeah, and, and that, <laughs> somebody who's been in the advertising business for two decades, it's so refreshing to hear- Somebody say that because that's what we always tell them. It's like, look, you advertise with us. We got you the people. If the people didn't buy them, let's just for the sake of argument, say that might not be our fault. Right. If your product is priced too high, you know, any of these things, if it's difficult to buy, you know, if you've got a crappy Web store, uh, you know. Not really my fault. We tried, right. you know, that right. kind of thing. So yeah, you, you have to be realistic about what advertising is and isn't going to do for you. That's right. Yeah.
1: All right, man. Well, this is great information. I will keep at it. I got a lot of work to do this week. You know, we've got I want to know st- how it
0: goes, because whenever this Stone Church gig is, I'm going to we're going to I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. We're well, gonna,
1: there you go. So, you know, and again, I think I think the ban is good for 100. Um, the next hundred is where hopefully our, our outreach efforts will affect that next hundred. And anything above and beyond that is just out of the park, you know, grand slam, you know, someone brings a, a birthday party of 30 people or something yeah. like that. I mean, That's you know, awesome. yeah. we can, we can all hope for serendipity, right?
0: But you know, wait a minute, why not all advertise that way too, right? If you're having, if, if you're having a bachelorette party on this night, if you're having a whatever, I mean, it's wedding season here. These things might happen. Here's a great place to do it. Built in party, just yep. bring your people. Here you go, right? I mean, that's another thing you can market to. I can't believe it, I've never because like bachelor or bachelorette really is better. But bachelorette <laughs> parties, <laughs> I, when they walk in the door, like you know, the night's going to be amazing. At any gig, certainly I do any gig I've ever played. It's like oh, there's a bachelorette party here. Pfft, we're we're golden. Why why aren't we all marketing to that? <laughs> right, right. It's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know. Fun stuff. All good stuff.
1: So right, yeah. good advice. Thanks for all of it, Dave. I'll let you know how it goes.
0: Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it. I think. All right. Have fun. a great
1: week. Good luck with the shows. Good luck with the prep. And
0: thanks. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a little crazy. But, uh, Later, I folks. like crazy, as you might be able to tell. You thrive in crazy. I do. Thanks, folks. Always be performing.